Hello, and welcome to In the Secret, where we are going verse by verse through Psalm 91 during this coronavirus crisis. I'm here at home, thankful to see the sun rising and the sky is blue. I live in the far reaches of the north. You might have noticed the new cover art I made. I'm worried my coat and there's snow that comes from yesterday. Where I live, March is still pretty much winter. Everyone else seems to be celebrating spring, and here we are in stormy cromers and parkas. And if you don't know what a stormy cromer is, it's probably because you're somewhere where spring is already in full bloom. (laughs) It makes the wait for thaw seem really slow. But I have to say, when spring does come, no one loves it like we do. After nine months of snow and cold, brutal cold, I might add, we burst out of our dens and we're outside climbing the rugged terrain, walking along the lake. And there's a certain sense of freedom that we have that nobody can understand from calmer climates. And that's kind of what I think it's going to be like here in America soon. This virus will be tackled by medical professionals. A cure will be found, and we will burst out of our homes, like calves from the stalls, to quote a Bible verse. So let's talk about that cure. There's a cure that we find in Psalm 91, verse 6. And 91, verse 6 actually carries on from verse 5, so I'm going to read them together. But we're actually going to focus on the latter end of it. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Notice, thou shalt not be afraid is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, I hope you're not afraid. It's a don't do it. Do not go there type of verse. I uh, listened today to Franklin D. Roosevelt's inaugural address in 1933. He said these words during the Great Depression. This great nation shall endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Oh, that's awesome. Right now, the news is blaring continual stories designed to make us cower and hide and then come weirdly back for more. We need to take this fear by the scruff of the neck and kick it out. When I was memorizing Psalm 91 last year, I thought a lot about verse 6 and how a pestilence was indeed an invisible enemy that stalked about in the shroud of darkness. I thought how dreadful it would be in the old times to have a plague racing through the land, invisible, insidious, no knowledge if you might contact it. And yet we're told, do not fear. And not the pestilence alone, but do not fear the destruction. We fear the destruction of our jobs, economy collapsing, bills piling up that are gonna go unpaid. Okay, stop, stop right there. Let's focus on the one who reassures us, who said, do not fear. And he can say, do not fear, 
because he knows he's with you. And he wants you to believe and know that deep within. I saw an acronym for COVID yesterday, Christ over virus, infection, and death. He has conquered it all. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Okay, so things I don't even notice. Transgressions, my little sins, my bad attitudes, my selfishness, being snarky. He was pierced for those and they crushed him. Isaiah 53 5 goes on, the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his stripes we are healed. I was in a place over a decade ago where I felt I was unqualified to even worship God. I was recovering from a bad spiritual patch, to put it mildly, and I was recently divorced. A friend compelled me to go with her to a women's retreat, and while I did enjoy it, I could not really fully enter in. I knew I was a terrible sinner, I knew I'd hurt people, and I knew I didn't deserve to raise my hands in worship. But I did think it was great just to be in the presence of a lot of good Christian ladies. So as the women were raising beautiful voices of praise, I just stood there like a stone until a voice of loving rebuke broke through my hard soul and spoke into my heart. My son died so you could be forgiven and live again. Jesus' sacrifice suddenly became real to me. He died so I might live. My time of mourning needed to end, and I needed to embrace life, or I would be rejecting the very gift of life that Jesus had died for. Today, he says the same to you. This one who took so much pain in his own body says, please do not let fear steal what I fought to give you. He came to give you life a life that's worth living, and it really is. Even from our forced hibernations, we can live. We can embrace what he has given us. A new day is rising, the sun is shining. Where you live, it's probably spring. Birds are singing and building a fresh nest for this year's brood. Instead of being a victim of fear, it's time to be the cure. A man was interviewed on Fox News yesterday, and he was telling uh, the story of how him and his daughter were putting out exercise routines on their live stream three times a week. Don't just sit in fear, he was explaining. Get up and do something and get in a routine. Exercising is definitely a cure you can give yourself. And in this case, it was also the cure for all his viewers online. And you may be the cure for someone's loneliness by giving them a call to see how they are. There's a friend uh, from my church who's going through our directory and calling every single member to see how they are and just to be a human voice in a time when we're pretty isolated. Another friend I know is sewing masks. Others are finding fun projects for their kids to do, even sending them to other people. I saw a tweet online this morning. A man left a box of toilet paper, drinks, and other basic substances for the delivery people. Giving back is helping. It's being the cure. To live, we give. And then there's many people still getting up for work each day. And some have to work long hours, thankless shifts, while the rest of the world is in repose, watching Netflix. 
they can be the cure too, by smiling, by praying, by showing up, (laughs) even when they don't want to. All right, so let's step on that pestilence's head and use it to climb to new heights. Don't let it stop you from finding your gift in these times. A song by Casting Crowns declares, we were meant to be courageous. And here's a story of courage I wanna share with you. In 1732, two young Moravian men felt called to minister to the African slaves on the islands of St. Thomas and St. Croix. They were told the only way in was to allow themselves to be sold as slaves as well. The men boarded a ship from Germany and headed to the West Indies, never to see their families again. As they went and their loved ones wept, the men cried out, May the lamb that was slain receive the reward for his suffering. You or I may not be called to such dramatic sacrifices and daring deeds for Jesus, but let's be sure his suffering is not in vain in our lives. We conquer fear by abiding in Jesus. Time spent looking at him through his word, worship, and prayer. We mourn our losses. We lick our wounds and we cling to him. And in that safe soft, comforting place of the heart, we will hear his voice. And his voice will give us the courage to go forth into the world. And he'll put a cure in your hand for someone, somewhere. Now, an interesting side note is that you're going to find your own remedy for fear as you minister the cure to others. So God bless you. I pray today you will rise again and breathe life and liberty into a frightened world.